Welcome back to The Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about executive presenting. During her coaching, Riley and I focused on developing her executive presence. I found Riley to be a determined learner. We were only a few months in, and she had already made strides that were getting noticed. One day, as we sat down to begin a coaching session, she spun her laptop towards me and said, I have something for you to watch. On the screen was a video freeze frame of Riley sitting at a conference table, a spiral-bound slide deck in front of her. No one else was in the frame. She was clearly the presenter. She said, I delivered 30 minutes on our Asian energy strategy to the global investment team. I have it on video. I'd love for you to give me some feedback. Great, I said. How do you think you did? Well, you tell me. I will, I said, and we both laughed. But, Riley, your experience is important, too. A lot of times what people tell themselves is what makes them succeed as a presenter. Or fail, she added. Agreed, I replied. She went on. I think I did pretty well. I knew my stuff. I was well prepared. I'm comfortable when I know the content. I was pleased for her and said, Sounds like it went well. Let's see what we see. She hit play. The Riley who was presenting on the video was not all that different from the Riley who sat across from me during our coaching conversations. She was a confident young executive with a pleasant presence. She wasn't overly serious, which was refreshing. She seemed efficient and genuine. We watched about five minutes before she paused the playback and asked what I thought. I told her that, of course, I couldn't comment on the content. Her data was a language I didn't understand. But in relation to her executive presence, I said there were three things I thought were going really well for her and three things I wanted to continue to watch for on the rest of the video. I named the three behaviors that I thought were working for her. First, her conversational style. Second, her physical composure. And third, her use of language. Now, I'm going to talk about all six of Riley's behaviors, her three strengths and her three growth areas. While these six behaviors aren't the only ones that will help you display executive presence when you're presenting, they will create a dynamic baseline for you. If you don't yet have a method for developing behaviors, give a listen to the episode called Creating New Behaviors. If you're not sure how to find past episodes, I'll tell you how at the end of this episode. Okay, now back to Riley. I was about to talk to her about her first strength, her conversational style. I said, you're so natural, Riley. It doesn't feel like you're presenting. It just sounds like you're talking. It makes you easy to listen to. She said, sometimes I worry I might be a little perky, you know? I said, well, you're expressive, yes, but you're not super caffeinated. It's a completely professional style and very relaxed, which connects to the second thing, your physical composure. Do you mean my gestures? Because I'm not doing much of anything. I agree. Your hands are not busy. You're not touching your hair or playing with your water bottle or fingering the pages of your deck, which is great. Your hands look composed. 
I never thought of that, she said, but I, I guess it's true. I'm not playing with my hands. But you also aren't bouncing your heel under the table, for example. You're not fidgety anywhere in your body. Physically, you seem completely composed. You look like you belong there. I do belong there, she said sincerely, and she knew I agreed with that. I said, you not only look it, Riley, you sound like it too. That's number three, your use of language. She gave a little smile and said, I have no idea what you're about to tell me. I replied, I bet you do. You know you're well-spoken, don't you? My guess. Well, you are, and it sounds executive. She asked, can you give me an example? I said, when you talk, you naturally mix up the length of your sentences. Some are long, some are short. At one point, you said three words very distinctly. You said, not even once. Very emphatic. And then you stopped. Nice, short sentence, just like this. I planned that, she said. Well, good. It worked. Short sentences get our attention. But then at another point, you dropped a long parenthetical digression inside a sentence clearly off the top of your head and managed to follow that whole digression and come back to the main part of the sentence perfectly. It was impressive. Did I? she asked. Yes, you did. So you naturally mix up long and short sentences. That variety of structure keeps our ears engaged. It's good. Plus, you just speak smoothly. You aren't searching for words and stumbling, but you don't sound memorized either. Okay, lucky me, she said. She did a quick mental inventory, then counted on her fingers. So I'm conversational, I'm composed, and I talk good. She smiled at her intentional bad grammar. So what are the three things I have to work on? Well, they sort of overlap the three strengths. Really? What are they? She said. Before I dive into Riley's three areas for development, I want to tell you about an exciting experience I had that I get to share with you. I hear from listeners all the time. It's always a pleasure. One thing I enjoy is that I never know where those interactions are going to lead. Well, a listener named David Wissor was launching a podcast of his own and asked if he could interview me on his show. I always say yes to those requests, but this one really intrigued me because David said his podcast was going to explore the intersection of leadership and fatherhood. Now, David had no way of knowing this, but parenting has been a jaw-dropping journey for me. My biggest failures and my biggest triumphs have both been in my role as a dad. And I rarely get to talk about how my gifts as a coach influence my behaviors as a parent and how my parenting influences my coaching. I think about it all the time, but I rarely get to talk about it. But that is exactly what David and I talked about during the interview. It was very personal and very meaningful for me. And I talked about things I've never talked about publicly before. Frankly, I love the episode and I'd love to share it with you. The title of the podcast is Fatherhood 360. There's no space between the word fatherhood and the numbers 360. David's interview with me is episode 11. Give it a listen and let me know what you think. It's fatherhood 360, all one word, episode 11. Okay. Back to Riley and my feedback about her presentation. She had just asked, so what are the three things I have to work on? 
Well, now it was my turn to count on my fingers. I ticked off three things. First, your posture right at the start. Second, your eye contact. And here I gave a little laugh and a shrug. Something else in your use of language. She nodded, then asked, What was I doing with my posture at the beginning? You were like this. I pulled my pad towards me until it was almost at the edge. Then I folded my hands, put them in my lap, and sat up straight. She laughed. Oh, no, you're perky. Was I perky? Tell me I wasn't perky. I laughed back. No, you weren't perky. But you weren't executive, either. She twisted her lips. If that's what I looked like, I agree. Not executive. I said, so show me executive in that setting, giving a point with my chin. She immediately raised the height of her chair and scooched her body forward to the edge of the seat. She placed her forearms on the table and shifted her weight onto them. Then she pushed her iPad forward, out onto the table in front of her. She looked at her computer, comparing herself to the frozen image on the screen. She nodded at what she saw and said, My posture's pretty close to that. By that point, yes, I agree. But that's five minutes in. Why not look like that from the instant your butt hits the seat? Point taken, she said, and made a note. And number two was what? Eye contact? Really? I think my eye contact is pretty good. It is pretty good. In fact, it's better than most, Riley. You're not looking at your deck, hardly at all, and that's great. But? But I'm not sure you're seeing us, I said. Your eyes are in a mode I call pan and scan. Your head is up, yes, and your eyes are on us, yes, but you're scanning over our faces. You're not really seeing us. You're just looking towards us. She looked away, recalling. Uncertainly, she said, I guess. How many people were in the room, I asked. About 30, another 30 around the world. Here's my test about eye contact. If one of those 30 people in the room had suddenly had a question, would you have noticed? I'm not talking about someone raising their hand, that's too obvious. But if someone suddenly had tilted her head and screwed up her face a little, would you have seen that? Maybe. I'm not sure. I'd like to think so. Well, that's the goal. Really look at us. See us. Ew, she said with a little shudder. There's some people in that room I really don't want to connect with when I'm presenting. I laughed sympathetically. And that's fine. But don't turn everyone into a blur. Listen, Riley, this is hard. Seeing us while you're presenting means knowing your content, presenting it confidently, and still having enough capacity left over to register what you're seeing. It's like you're adding a function that has to take data in, not just pump it out. She shook her head. I never thought about seeing them as something I was supposed to be doing. I thought I was lucky I could focus on myself, let alone take them in. She stopped herself and said, What was the third thing? Use of language. What was that? Oh, this is interesting, I said. It doesn't show up until about minute three. In the beginning, you were exactly like I mentioned. Crisp, well-spoken, no uhs or you knows. I hope not, she said. And then she cringed. Did I start saying um? No more than anyone else. We all have some ums. That's not an issue. No, what I noticed is that you stopped pausing. Your sentences started butting up against each other. 
you weren't talking faster in terms of words per minute. You just stopped leaving space between your ideas. I'm not sure I know what you mean. I found a place on the video when the pauses between her sentences almost disappeared. We listened. Golly, she said, I'm hardly taking a breath. But it's not like you're having an anxiety attack. I'm quite the opposite. I think you're hitting your stride. Your thoughts are flowing more quickly, so your sentences begin to connect to each other. The problem is, it makes it harder for us to take in your ideas when they blend together. It's like I'm not putting periods at the end of my ideas. Exactly. And when you eliminate pauses, our ears get tired faster. Plus, you send an unspoken message that it's no longer a conversation. You're doing a monologue, and people are less likely to ask questions. No, you don't know this crowd, she said. They're not shy. Well, that may be, I said, but you don't seem as open. That's why it's an executive presence issue. I think dynamic leaders communicate that they're willing to engage in dialogue. Instead of giving a lecture, no one can interrupt, she said in agreement. No, you're right. I don't want to sound like that. Riley wanted to watch the rest of the video together. Before we did, she made a list of the six behaviors we had discussed. She wrote, Conversational style. Physically composed. Well-spoken. See people. Assume a power posture from the first instant. Pause. Lay out each idea distinctly. For Riley, those six behaviors enhanced her executive presence. For you, integrating any of those behaviors into your style, whether at a staff meeting or a formal presentation, will enhance your look and sound of leadership. The point of this episode has been to get you thinking about your own behaviors when you present. I've been talking to business leaders about their presentation skills for over 20 years. Many of these executive coaching tips have talked about one aspect or another of presenting. And as I've said before, there's no finish line when it comes to improving your presentation skills. There's always more to work on. Here are just four episodes that talk about different slices of the presentation skills pie. Captivate your audience. I talk too fast. Managing nervousness. What compelling speakers share. And during this episode, I also mentioned creating new behaviors. But trust me, those five episodes are just a tiny sliver of what's available to you. There are over 30 tips in the presentation skills category of the archive on the Essential Communications website. How do you find the archive, you ask? Go to EssentialCom.com. That's EssentialCom with two M's.com. Click the tab called Coaching Tips. Then select the category called Presentation Skills. Or browse the archive for whatever is going to help your development. There are 10 years worth of tips on all sorts of topics. They're all available to you for free, so help yourself. This month, I happened to hear from three different listeners who each told me that in addition to their podcast subscription, they also get the HTML version of The Look and Sound of Leadership and read it while they're listening to their podcast. Now, frankly, 
I worried about what appeared to be their shared masochistic tendencies, but they all assured me that reading and listening at the same time helps them internalize the lessons. If you would like to get the HTML version, for whatever private reasons you might have, when you're on the Essential Communications website, just click the subscribe button. It's on the bottom of every page. I would love to add you to the list. Quick reminder, Fatherhood 360, Episode 11. Check it out. Tell me what you think. And if you're getting value from these tips, ratings and reviews are always appreciated. Until next time, I'm Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening.